Lindsay has left the chat. <laughs> Welcome to another nighttime recording of Two Salty Broads. Uh, no, you got to do it like a sex guy. Welcome. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right, hold on. I heard this thing where, like, if you stick your tongue out really far, your voice can go deeper. So I'm going to do that first. Hold on. Hold on. I don't know if it's true or not. Do it. You have to at least if try. If the tears come out more, maybe that'll help the other eyelash fall off. Because it's holding on by thread. So do it. I only imagine that I don't look that great right now. Are you filming me? Yeah, she, she's got her 70s glasses on. She's good. I know. So, do it. yeah, the tongue thing. If you stick it out, apparently you can hit lower notes, according to some music teachers. So you go like... <laughs> Which also, can we talk about how long my tongue is? It is pretty long. Mm-hmm. Fellas. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Dan, keep your shit together. God. Fucking... Giraffe wheeze over there. Welcome to two. <laughs> two salty bra. <laughs> Welcome to two. <laughs> I can't do it. You guys threw me off. It was organic. And then you guys wanted me to like perform like dance monkey. Oh, there goes the eyelash. <laughs> It came, it came off finally. <laughs> okay, but get it, and then we have to start it <laughs> like that. So you have to do it. Do what? You, what? You have to you do mean it. like, what's up, chicks, dicks, and everything in between? <laughs> no, just say welcome to two salty. Welcome to two salty Chicks, sticks, and everything in between. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Sapita. And you're listening to Two Salty Broads. So get ready for our nighttime salty surprise. <laughs> <laughs> this one's extra salty because it's during the week. So well, I mean, a- does that make us salty? I mean, I'm not mad that it's the week. No, no, no. But it's during the week and it's a nighttime. It's nighttime. You're yeah. right. And so we've been worn down by the work week. We have been. It's towards the end. Tomorrow's Friday. Our so. bedtime is swiftly approaching. Yeah. So really anything could happen. Boom. Anything can. Anything can. And that scares me. That does scare me too. But you know what? On the subject of fear, mm-hmm. I think we should talk about what the science of fear is. Eh? 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 Lead eh? in much? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we want to start off with kind of describing what, what is fear, right? So fear is like an unpleasant feeling or emotion that's in response to perceiving or recognizing danger or threat. For example, the way Dan feels whenever my dog shakes or when my dogs start walking around. He's afraid it's going to fuck up the podcast. That's true, but do you want to know why he thinks that? Because (laughs) he can like readily recall at least a hundred different times when that's happened. (laughs) That's true. And it means a pattern (laughs) has emerged. And he has to edit more. Yeah, so I think his fa- his fears are probably founded. <laughs> and you know what? That goes on to my next point. So there's two types of fear. There's irrational fears, which we refer to as phobias. Okay. And then there's rational fear. So rational fears occur when there's a real imminent threat. For example, my dog's getting rambunctious while we're recording. Also, or if someone like comes at you with a knife, I feel like it's pretty fucking rational to be afraid that you're going to get stabbed. That's just me. Yeah, maybe. But, like, I don't know. Is it a haunted house? or like, No, like, a, like an actual, like an actual guy person on the street. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. That I mean, that's not a phobia. That seems like that'd be something that that's reasonable to fear. be afraid of. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, so you have, you have phobias, and then mm-hmm. you have your reasonable fears. And... Mm-hmm. So I think fear is a very good thing, and I think pretty much anybody should agree with me, or they would. If well, they don't, I mean, why, though? Because most people, I'm assuming most people don't like to be afraid. Well, for sure, though, but, like, our very existence can be owed to fear, right? Like, cavemen were afraid of a lot of shit, and that fear, like, 
don't go outside at night because you woolly mammoth bad or, you know, saber tooth bad or like whatever. Or like, mm. oh, don't go near that rock because it's going to hit you in the head. Or like they learned over time what to be afraid of and what to avoid. And I mean, the same is true for us every day, too. Like, yeah, don't put your hand in that fire because you're going to lose your hand or... I don't know, look both ways before you cross the street. So they actually call that, so, so what you're talking about are two types of fear, right? There's the innate or natural fear, which is basically kind of inbred in us because of our ancestors, right? So cavemen mm-hmm. were afraid of like certain types of snakes or certain types of spiders, right? Mm-hmm. That spiders and snakes are actually one of the um, most popular phobias. And it's a phobia because like how often are we like, confronted or actually in danger of a poisonous snake or a poisonous spider. I mean, if you live in Southern California, which is where we live, we have black widow spiders, but how often do we interact with them? Hopefully not very often. Mm -hmm. Um, But that kind of innate um, fear came from, you know, our ancestors, maybe a, uh, an uncle Clark Way down my line, uh, got bit by a black (laughs) widow and died. So naturally, that that fear kind of got passed down to me. Um, Learned fear is kind of like you got burned once, and now you're afraid of matches, which is actually what happened to me. I when I was two, I found my parents had this party, and then the, the morning after, I'm walking around outside. I think I was actually three, and I saw a matchbook on the ground, and I had seen the men that night kind of lighting these matches. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what I was doing. I put my thumb on the ignition strip, Mm -hmm. and I was using that ignition strip as well to light the flame, and I lit the match and my thumb on fire. (laughs) And for for quite a few years afterwards, actually, I was actually afraid of, like, matches and lighters because I thought that I was going to hurt myself. Damn. Okay, Mm -hmm. Frankenstein. So when did you stop being afraid of flame? I don't know, maybe when my pyromaniac phase came in. Oh, but you developed one of those, huh? I did, yeah. Oh, it did that, it go that away, or are you still a pyromaniac? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, well, maybe we'll have to yeah, test this out. We might have to, yeah. Okay, so so what you were talking about was these inclinations that people have, mm-hmm. and and maybe your experience dictates whether those innate fears develop into phobias or not. Mm-hmm. So, like... I didn't have any negative experiences with snakes or spiders, really, or matches or what. So I don't really have fears of any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I cannot weigh in on that. But I will say, so you're so with like the the reasonable and the unreasonable. So fear, it's good because it protects us, right? Mm-hmm. Like basically, we can agree on that. Yeah. But fear becomes a problem when it ventures into the realm of unreasoning. And I feel like that's pretty, it's a pretty big problem right now. So can you describe, what what do you mean by unreasoning fear? So, for example, and this may sound controversial, but I'm going to use 9-11 as an example. So when that happened, um, obviously it's a terrible and horrific thing that happened and everybody refused to take to the skies and everybody got into their cars and were driving around in their cars. And so then... Like, then what, right? Because the reality is, is you're more unsafe on the road than you are in the air. And there was actually a statistician um, in Berlin who did some research on this. And he looked at five years prior um, road fatalities to uh, on the roads in America, five years prior 9-11 and five years after 9-11. And what he found is that pretty much leading up to 9-11 and post 9-11, that there's a pretty standard number of Americans that die on the road every year. It's very, very consistent. And I don't know what the figure is, so I'm not even going to pretend and throw out some random number, but it's pretty normal. But after September 11th, 2001, and then one year prior, so this surge in road driving versus flying lasted about a year. So from September 2001 to September 2002, the fatalities were 1,595 more than the average so and you don't know what the average is no i just know that technically if we're going to look at the math that way that 1595 people died unnecessarily because everybody was mm. crowding the road so like if it's one in six thousand people that die on the road every year and you have a shitload more people coming onto the road there's just going to be more people that die that's the way it is 
And that number, 1,595, that is six times higher than the total number of people that died on the flights in September 11th. And that's 319 times higher than the people that died from the anthrax scare in 2001. So everybody thinks of these super terrifying, tragic events, terrorism in the sky and anthrax, but nobody was covering the fact that more people were dying that year on the roads. And um, I think that that, that irrational fear or that um what was the term that i used that like unreasoning fear that motivated people to get onto the roads ended up resulting in a much more tragic result and so if you think about things and this is and like so like why why does why are we so fearful right now like why Mm -hmm. I, i mean fear has driven humanity for like as long as i can think of pretty much it's always driven humanity but why does it seem like we are so fear driven right now. And it's because fear like sex sells, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Look at politics right now. Seriously. I mean, politicians use fear as a campaign cry mm-hmm. or like alarm companies want to scare you into thinking you're unsafe. So you buy their alarm shit. Software companies want you to think that people are trying to steal your identity at every turn. And like, or you have the, the media, the news media. They say, stay tuned because coffee gives you cancer. You don't want to miss this. Or AIDS, herpes, school uh, school shootings, satanic cults, crack. You know, like everything that you could think of, they sensationalize it. Maybe they'll fudge numbers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out. And then people, the interest and fear of that particular subject surges. And then all of a sudden it like fades into, like think about the AIDS epidemic right or like the in the 80s right isn't that when that was and everybody 80s and 90s yeah so afraid of contracting Mm -hmm. aids and being around gay people Mm -hmm. and not understanding that you just touching someone you weren't Mm going to get it and obviously that's faded probably because of education but i bet you if all of a sudden in a couple weeks news media started doing a thing about aids and started talking about aids Mm -hmm. more we'd all have aids at the front forefront of our minds right do you remember the anthrax (coughs) scare yeah, in, in the early 2000s, oh, yeah. I wasn't allowed to touch the mailbox mm-hmm. during that time. Like my mom would wear gloves. Like everyone thought that you know, Joe Schmo down the block was gonna get anthrax from the mail. Mm-hmm. Totally. And like, what happened? So you being afraid to touch the mailbox, or people being afraid to fly, mm-hmm. and this like culture, if you're, it, it creates the perfect envi- environment for confirmation bias to flourish. So. If you guys don't know what confirmation bias is, it's a belief that you have and then you'll start screening any kind of information outlets or whatever, seeking out things that you can see in here that are going to ensure that your beliefs are proven correct. So think of like our political system. So you think about Mm -hmm. if you had lean one way or the other, it's very likely that you have a news station that you favor. And it's also very likely that that news station skews their information in favor of the way that you Mm -hmm. already lean. Is it truly unbiased and truly true information? I'm going to say probably not on all sides. And that's just the way it is. If you don't like it, you can write us at (laughs) twosaltyprods at gmail.com. But but I also feel like (laughs) in that same way, not only is the media that you consume one-sided, but usually the people that you surround yourself with Mm -hmm. have a certain type of opinion about things that that at least closely resembles your own Mm -hmm. so you might be baffled at you know why people are making these decisions or you know why things are going the way they are because every person that you know Mm -hmm. you know believes in xyz yeah oh exactly but that's and that's also why like so you and your community you may be all afraid of Mm -hmm. one thing and you may not understand why another community is afraid of something Mm -hmm. else and vice versa. So like, let's say for example, like gun laws, Mm -hmm. some communities um, and states and cities that have very free gun laws, they are probably, they feel safe. They're not afraid of guns. If you just learn about guns, you're, you're safe. Just be Mm -hmm. responsible. Then on the other side of it, you have the people that are of the opinion that, well, guns aren't safe and Mm -hmm. how you can't trust people and i don't feel safe being in an environment where somebody else has that kind of advantage over Mm -hmm. me and it's not regulated enough and blah blah how could i don't feel safe i feel i would feel safe if no one had guns i don't understand and then that makes me scared and then someone else well everybody should have guns that makes me scared to think that you could take my gun away so like it's just it's insane like fear in general it's so reflective of it's not like simple it's not black and white Mm -hmm. it's so gray and it's so influenced by so many different things Mm -hmm. and so i just checked how many people die in car crashes every year okay in the u.s yeah it's about thirty-eight thousand. 
38,000? 38,000 people die every year in crashes on U.S. roadways. Okay, so that is, and there were 1,595 extra. So that's still. That's a lot. That's a chunk. That's a good chunk, Mm -hmm. yeah. So to put that into perspective for you guys, like that's a lot of people. And if you decide, like let's pretend terrorists were hijacking a jet passenger airplane once a week, just randomly in the U.S. They just picked one and that was it. If you're somebody who takes a flight once a month, you have a 1 in 135,000 chance of being killed in a hijacking. But your odds getting killed on the road are 1 in 6,000. And you could be one of those 30-something thousand people. Isn't that crazy? Wait, you said 1 in 6,000? I don't know if that number is still true, but when the book that I read came Mm -hmm. out, which this book came out, I have it right here. No, that sounds about right. Okay. Because I'm looking at... um, on average, the U.S. traffic fatality rate is 12.4 deaths per 100,000 inhabitants. Okay. And then an additional 4.4 million are injured seriously enough to require medical attention. We're not trying to say this to scare you. No. We're just the trying opposite. to tell you yeah, that, that something that you do almost every day. Right. You know. And there, there actually there is, a, and I wish I could remember the term, but there is a... Um, <laughs> Oh, habituation. So there's this term called habituation, and it's basically where you do something so repeatedly that all like really recognition or feeling about it kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. And it's an important thing to have. Think about like your clothes. Mm-hmm. Like you don't think about them the way they feel on your body. You can feel them, but you get mm-hmm. habituated because it would drive you insane. It would literally drive you insane. Mm-hmm. Or like being afraid of slipping and falling in the tub. Now, when you're older, obviously that may change a little bit, but. As a younger person, more functional person, you don't think about, oh, my God, I might slip and break my neck in the tub. And, whoa, my gosh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to step out under the tile and slip. And, oh, my God, I could choke on my toothpaste and die right now because you do these things every day and you feel pretty capable. Um, Mm -hmm. And because otherwise you would be overwhelmed and you would probably die from the overwhelming anxiety that you would feel. So as someone who you scuba dive quite frequently, Mm -hmm. um, a, a big fear amongst a lot of people when they're in the ocean is the potential of a shark attack, mm-hmm. right? Totally. And and since you are a very avid scuba diver, I just want to know, you know, what is your, what are your feelings about that? Dude, I'm actually glad you brought that up. So <clears throat> first of all, as a scuba diver, you're in their environment. And mm-hmm. so it, the game changes entirely. When a person gets bit, it's usually a case of mistaken identity. A swimmer, mm-hmm. a scuba, a surfer, they look like a seal, right? So they're going to get bit. When you're in on their level, like swimming in the reef and stuff, you have like a wetsuit on. You have this big silvery metal thing. You're making a lot of noise because the air, when you breathe it, it is noisy. You don't really look like what they would normally eat, right? Like, so why they don't really have a reason to go for you? Do that? People get attacked, sure, but mm-hmm. your odds are slim. You again, you're more it's likely to get few, bit by yeah. a dog or to die crossing the street than you are to get killed by getting bit by a shark. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying too. <clears throat> This is like, uh, fear is a lot of perception, a lot of this. So, for example, let's say there's two people and one wants to scuba dive and the other doesn't. When I was going through my dive master training, I saw this a lot. There would be boyfriend and girlfriend combo that would go get certified. One really wants to do it and one really didn't want to do it. And you'd mm. think like, well, you know, what? where's your hang up and why are you not hung up on it? Like, what? Where's mm-hmm. how are you guys gathering your information? And it's based on so many different things that you take in all at once. So, for example... Like when you're analyzing risk, you think about catastrophic potential. So if fatalities could occur in large numbers, mm-hmm. familiar familiarity. So maybe the boyfriend's dad grew up scuba diving. So he's he's seen it. He's seen that his dad's gone in the water for 20 years and never been hurt. But let's say this girl, her only familiarity with with diving is Shark Week or something. Right. Like <laughs> so maybe she's like, mm, maybe this mm-hmm. isn't for me or like understanding so if you understand the technology and that it works really well and that it's safe, cool. But if it, again, if it's unfamiliar, not for me, or you have things like personal control. So if you feel like it's out of your control, you're probably not going to want to do it. And there's, I mean, there's literally 18 different things you can consider timing, origin, personal risk, reversibility. Is this going to benefit me? Um, how equitable is this accident history, media attention, trust, Um, Do I uh, trust the institutions that are running this dread? So does this generate fear? Um, Victim identity. Can I like, 
future generations, children. I mean, obviously not all these apply to every fear situation, but as a person runs through these subconsciously, if enough of these are checked and the risk rises up enough, they're going to be afraid of the activity, Mm -hmm. right? So, and how a person makes those judgments of risk, it's based on experience. It's based on what they've seen, how, and it's like fear is so complicated because a lot of it is what you can recall very readily. Mm-hmm. Your memory and your mind almost completely dictates what you decide to be afraid of. Like if, if I can think, so like uh, actually a really good example. So are you afraid to like walk around at night by yourself? Uh, where? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, outside your house. <clears throat> no. Not, okay. I mean, not really, but that doesn't mean that I won't carry pepper spray or something. But are you afraid? No. No. But I, I just, contingency plan. Okay. Right? Are you afraid yeah. to walk around outside the streets, let's say, out in LA? There are certain streets that I will not walk out in LA. Right. Yeah. And so have, and let's say you've never walked those streets before, mm-hmm. right? Why are you afraid to walk those streets? I, I've driven down those streets. Oh, okay, so you're 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 saying like if I had never been, oh, on even those if you streets. have, you've seen it. Oh no, no I've but seen you, that shit. Have you shit. seen someone be like stabbed in front of you, and you're like, well, I'm not going down there. No, I've seen people be mugged and um, jumped though <laughs> out there. Dang. Okay. Well, well I, I live near Skid Row, so that's okay. I, I think I've seen some so, shit, but you saw like one or two. How many experiences did you see? <clears throat> I think like maybe like. Two or three. Okay, so you saw two or three experiences of someone being mugged. Think about how many people walk down that street every day at any given time of night. There's probably a shitload. And, like, let's say two people a night get mugged. Oh, no, it's Skid Row. I'm sure that number is much higher. Okay, but, like, the sake of argument. Normal normal street in LA. Right. It's way more people walking down there that don't get mugged than do. But because you have these really strong, vivid memories of these people getting mugged, Mm It makes you feel like if I'm going down that street, I'm going to get mugged. Mm -hmm. This is it. Like that's it's going to happen. And so we use these gauges and like the more so the more easily you can recall and the more vivid the memory that Mm -hmm. dictates how adverse you feel about it which I think is really interesting. So actually, you bring up a really good point. Um, Then when you're talking about walking down streets at night, as a woman, Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you? Uh, most women I know are are extra cautious. I mean, I I even said I won't walk alone in my own street without pepper spray or something. Not that I've ever seen anything happen out here, but you just you never know. So, can you? Do you have any? Like, I mean, how do you feel about that? Walking down the street at night? Well, well yeah, yeah, like. Oh no! I fall into this. I'm not going to pretend like I I'm not yeah. fallen prey to. I'm I'm not walking down Skid Row by myself. Are you shitting me? No <laughs> way. And but that's because I can recall instances that I've seen, or not even that I've seen things on the media, things mm-hmm. that my parents or other people have told me. Like how, as women, like right, you grow up, yeah. you're like, no, 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 you can't go out at night. You can't drive by yourself mm-hmm. at night. You can't leave the club by yourself. You can't this. You can't that. When everybody in your life is also telling you that on top of even what you observe. Yeah. Then you, we talked about the book of law, right? Like you're in our right. first episode. So that goes into your book of law that I can, I am not safe mm-hmm. if I go out by myself. Yeah. I have to watch my drink at the club at all times because you put your hand over your drink. Yeah, because, because someone's gonna try to put something in mm-hmm. it because I've seen it or because everybody tells me that because the media has shown stories and mm-hmm. statistically maybe that's really unlikely to happen. But in my little world, mm-hmm. it seems like it's happening all the fucking time. So I don't pretend yeah. to like be like, oh, Sapita, don't be so worried about it. No, statistically, because- I know we shouldn't be worried about it. But no, I'm worried about it, and I'm not going to be walking down Skid Row by myself anytime soon don't maybe even like even if you're not worried about it prepare for it sure like almost every woman i know puts the key in their knuckles right. as they walk into the but car that's not night. being afraid of it no you, you're being proactive about yeah. shit if something were to happen at least your flight or fright your, your flight or f- try again fuck me 
your flight or fight reflexes. Right, but I'm just going to say typically it's reversed. <laughs> it's fight or flight. Fuck me. <laughs> I know it's a, it's a Wait, nighttime. Wh- it's a nighttime. You get a pass, but also no more. <laughs> no more. <laughs> you can't I have fuck to up say anymore. a bunch of phobia names at the end of this. So and this I is hope not you practiced up. in the mirror before this. I did this. not. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y- you're fight or flight reflexes mm-hmm. kick in. And like something I learned today is, um, so, you know, when you are scared, mm-hmm. your body reacts um, to it. So you like your heart rate increases, your blood pressure increases, you start breathing faster. Did you know that blood starts flowing away from your heart into your limbs? So you to, can like, go faster. So you can go faster or like fuck some shit up. You like, want to know how I know that? Because you're, you're science. You're, you know science. <laughs> I want to say yes and leave it there, but I feel like that would be disingenuous, so I can't. <laughs> I, um, <clears throat> so I'll start off by saying this. Okay, so our fear system is obviously it's in our brain i believe it comes is it the amygdala i think it's the amygdala i could be wrong but i think you're right because i saw it i knew i couldn't pronounce it so i didn't put it in my notes oh my god (laughs) (laughs) okay well that made me feel really smart so (laughs) um it's produced there and it's it works in two systems it's system one and system two and that's feeling and reason respectively okay Mm -hmm. two reason moves super slow and it gathers evidence and it considers the facts and those decisions can be easily explained right so let's say you're planning a camping trip and you are like okay well i'm gonna choose this site because that one is not safe for x y and z it's too close to the cliff and that makes me nervous you know i have little kids whatever you, you can reason away the things that make you scared and make good decisions accordingly. Feeling is much more rapid, and then it occurs in tandem with your conscious thought and some unconscious thought. And we may react something and to something and not really be able to fully explain why you feel that way. You just you judge, snap quick, and then you have a hunch, and then that's just the way it is. And so that system lives pretty much by a simple rule. If it can be recalled easily, then this sort of thing must be ha- common and it happens all the time. And that's called heuristic in psychology. So, and, and like there's pros and cons to both, right? So obviously logic is great. You can make the proper decision with the most information. However, if you have nothing but bad information that you've been given your whole life, then that quote logic that you think you have is completely rooted in shit. (laughs) Or maybe you just didn't know anything and so your logic just really can't exist because you just don't know anything. But on the flip side of that, obviously everyone wants to say that, oh, feeling is shitty, it's stupid, it's irrational. However, you're standing in the tall grass and some shit starts moving right quick. That's when the feeling kicks in. You're like, Mm -hmm. "Hmm, think I'm going to get the fuck out of here right now. I mean, people in horror movies need to listen to their feeling a little bit more. They They stop going, hello? No. Hello? Intuition Hello? is a huge a thing. thing. Yeah. And so here's how I know the blood moves to the extremities. <laughs> because I listened to my feeling. <laughs> I was on a camping trip with some friends in San Francisco. Super beautiful campsite. And was doing a little night walk with my friends. And there were some very angry raccoons. I really, I have a lot of beef <laughs> with raccoons. Like oh I have, God. yeah, I actually have a really big dislike for them. They've put holes in my dog's butt, like with their nails. Oh my God. I what? kicked one into a lake one time. Yeah, man. Like I'd beef raccoons. That could be a story for another episode. But like we want to talk about animals we want to fight. That would be my number one. <laughs> Trash panda. <laughs> um, and so anyway, raccoons, there were some really aggressive ones. And I, it's probably because people fed them and things. I don't know. But they were in these bushes. Can't see them. We walk right by them. I mean, they're less than an arm's length away from me. And all of a sudden, I hear like, (laughs) I hear something like that. And that's, and I hear bushes rustling. Mm -hmm. And that's all I hear. Well, I could stop and ponder and consider reasoning (laughs) and explain away the sound that's happening. But no, I decided to say, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And I took off. I'm not a runner. I had perfect fucking form. <laughs> I looked like Usain Bolt, bitch. I was I was gone. <laughs> and I I feel like I have never run so fast. 
The only problem is feeling has a, there's a ceiling. There's a curve, right? We're like at the top of the bell curve right now. I'm running away from danger, but I also passed the campsite. I was like, Forrest Gump. I just kept going. I ran into the dark woods all by myself. You did not. Full speed, dude. And then I kind of, we're, you know, we're swiftly leaving the bell curve. We're going down. And then I start to feel very faint. Like I'm going to pass out because I'm like overworked. Like, you know, (laughs) it just fucking put me out of sorts. So I grabbed this tree to not pass out to like hold me up. I'm like, And to get me out of it, my friend had to come up and literally slap the fuck out of me. She had to come up and hit my ass so, like, multiple times in the face to bring me back. And it worked. But then she brings me back to the picnic table. We're fine. I'm cool. I'm chilling. And I hear the noise again. You know, I'm like, it's okay, Lindsay. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Like, okay. We go to bed. They put me on the end. I don't know why, you know, because there's nothing nay but a piece of cloth between me and the outside world. And these fucking raccoons decided to have battle royale outside the tent. Literally, I don't know what they were fighting about. Lover's quarrel or some shit because it was like right outside the fucking tent. And I'm right here. I'm like, where's my reasoning brain? When's it going to kick in? So, so that happened, right? Okay. So. And here's, okay, feeling, reason, completely separate. They're separate, but they're together in the sense that what happens to the feeling, it can seep down and affect the reasoning brain. So I have raccoon beef now. When I see raccoons, I don't, I'm not like afraid of them, but I'm weary. I am immediately weary when I see them because I know I can, I have all these emotional experiences that I can recall, hole in my dog's butt and the zombie apocalypse noises that I had to experience with them. And uh, it, it makes, it, it gives me a very uneasy feeling. I can fight through it and I can reason it away, but that feeling has affected my reasoning. Isn't that crazy? That that's nuts. Wild. So, cause I don't think I have a story like that. I, I think <laughs> I'm sure you don't. It's pretty embarrassing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that. Like I, okay. I have, Pretty bad arachnophobia. Do you? But okay. yeah, but but through living alone and then, you know, you have to do a little shit. So you see a spider. If you don't kill it, then who will? You have a roommate. So, <laughs> yeah. So at this point, I see one. I panic. I hold my breath and like smack the shit out of it. And then I'm over it. Like You had to hold your breath? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't. Th- there's like a. There's like a panic re- response, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're freaking out, but you got to take care of it. So you just kind of quickly do it without thinking. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, jumping off a high dive. Okay. Yeah. Well, I do that so water doesn't go up my nose. That's why I hold my breath. Oh. No. Not because I'm scared. Okay, so let me oh, ask shit. you shit. I'm afraid of the high dive. Oh, you're afraid of heights? I think so. Okay. I, it's weird. Okay, so I can go up. I can't go down. I guess the, the only story I have. It's not what Sam my... says. <laughs> <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, I was in China actually, and we went to the Great Wall of China, and this is during winter, so it's around Christmas time, and it had snowed, so the stairs are a little bit icy, and and I didn't. I was fifteen at the time, and I didn't actually know about the geography or or guess how the Great Wall was created. So I thought it was just. Legit a wall. Like, I thought you would just walk. There weren't stairs. It was just one level. And I, I'm I'm assuming a good deal of it is. But the portions that we were on were just all these steep stairs that are different heights. Some of them are cracked. So you, you have to get through them to get to, like, the next little tower. We went up, like, two. I was fine. I was, I was the first one up. I can rock climb uphill. No problem. Like, I, I'm mm-hmm. good. But I was crying when mm. I got... I'm standing there looking down going, someone needs to get a helicopter. I can't do this. I was sitting on each step and Whoa. I was scooting down. I I could not stand up. There was no part of me that could stand up. And there are old men and women that are just laughing at me as they're just walking down these steps, casually just getting their steps in for the day. I'm like shaking. It got so bad that I was able to get down one like one post of it, but then there was a slide that took you down the rest of the way. And I said, "You guys can take the stairs. I'm paying to get on the slide because that slide, that that rickety 
probably dangerous slide was a better idea to me than those stairs. That is incredible to me. It, it was a ride. Everyone had a ball going down that slide, too. But I, I would have rather died on that slide than gone down those stairs. See, this is what I... Okay, so this is what I mean. Yeah. Like, fear is so subjective. I hear this, and this is insane to me. I, I don't... Like, I see this creepy-ass, rickety slide. I might still do it, but, like... But you're going to take the stairs. Probably. Probably, yeah. No, I... I, I think I'm afraid of stairs. I think I've fallen down quite a few flights of stairs in my time. Because in England, um, a lot of my family lives in England, and their staircases are almost like completely vertical, whereas ours are at like a more 45-degree mm-hmm. angle. Um, theirs go up and down. So you're going down, and if you're wearing socks, like, here you go, and now you're just falling the rest mm. of the way because you, you <laughs> slid. <laughs> so... I think, you know, all of that taught me, you see stairs, be mm-hmm. weary. I can go up them, no problem. But but down see? is, he's a your problem. your gut affected your head. It the did, re- it the did. feeling affected the reasoning. Yeah, if I have a rope, like, I can go rock climbing. I can come down as long as I have that rope. But okay, my gut was uneasy. <laughs> so so <clears throat> if I were to ask you, Sapita, what are you afraid of? Would you say that? spiders and heights slash stairs is it or what are you actually afraid of so that's weird that you say that because i wouldn't consider heights or stairs a fear i just i don't know what it is i think i'd see it as self perseverance like i think if you have to hold your breath to kill the spider i think that we oh no no, no, i'm afraid of spiders no no no, but stairs stairs yeah no i'm for sure afraid of spiders and actually um where we live we we get a lot of black widows out here and i know where you guys live you guys do as well Mm -hmm. um and i I am pretty weary of of spiders um i also suffer from um i'm gonna mispronounce it but lepid oh here i I wrote it phonetically lepid opterophobia it's lepidopterophobia yeah it's the fear of butterflies and moths Oh, that's right. You do have a legit fear of butterflies. I do. I do not like butterflies. Um, And that goes to a story. It's a very, it's not a very interesting one. I was in a pool. There was this giant monarch butterfly that just kept swooping at my head and it wouldn't stop. And ever since then, I've And you never recovered from that? So I went into a butterfly terrarium and I don't like them. Mm -hmm. But like... I'm not going to scream if it gets yeah. near me. I might just do a, oh, shit, like, and, like, kind of try I mean, to I get, get away that. from it, but... I don't like when bugs have the aerial advantage over you. E- exactly. I mean, and <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. And, and I, you don't know which way the butterflies are going to go, either, because right. they just kind of change directions on you, so... Shut up, Dan! And I mean, I, I don't think I'd like, the, like, having the, you know, like, when a bug... I don't care about bugs. No big deal. But when the shit flies by my ear, oh yeah, instant panic. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, it's going to go in my ear and I'm going to have to pick it out. And, or like just hearing that like, <laughs> yeah, that is an anxiety inducing sound. Mm-hmm. Have you ever accidentally swallowed a bug? Probably. I, yeah. I'm sure I have. And I've, I've on purpose eaten bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Done that. So I, I don't know. The, the accident stuff doesn't seem like such a big deal, but I've never swallowed anything that's like scary big, right? Like a beetle. That's never happened. No, I've swallowed no. a few gnats in my day, but no, yeah, or like nothing I could like crunch, or nothing with like yeah, that, you know? that's fair. Yeah, then I'd be a little panicked. But I also think I think we're crossing into the realm of that seems reasonable to be worried about. That does seem reasonable, right? Yeah, I mean, it, if you're concerned about it outside of it actually happening, that's yeah. an unreasonable phobia. But right, right, like, but a, if it happens, you're like, oh god, or if it's about to happen. That's a very reasonable right. fear. It's yeah. like being stabbed. You're about to be stabbed. Sure, You're about yeah. to swallow this beetle. Exactly. Yeah. So there's others, There's some other strange phobias if you want to know. Okay, well, what... Do we want to go with strange or do we want to go with common? Like, oh, yeah, we, we can go s- with more common. Let's well, start with what, common what's and yours? then we'll hit the what are strange. Yours? So, oh, okay, well, my... I don't actually <laughs> have a lot of fears. That I know that sounds like... <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm being like a snooty bitch. <laughs> But, like, you could put me in a dark room that's up high, and there could be bugs and shit in there, and I'd be... Oh, yeah? A la Temple of Doom? Yeah. 
You'll be fine? I mean, I'm not going to enjoy... If they're, like, poisonous... And no, like, they no, they're not me. poisonous, but, it, I mean... I'm not going to be thriving, no, but, like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be just out of sorts, be uncomfortable, but eye stuff. I really don't like eye stuff. And when I... The fear started with I was really afraid to have bad vision, and that's... <laughs> what? I know, that's why it sounds... So, to people that wear glasses, they hear this, and they're probably frowning, <laughs> And yeah, probably sound like, guy Dan is yeah, they're probably shaking like, his you head. Fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, and also, why would you be afraid of something that's imminent? <laughs> You're going to have bad <laughs> vision. So I don't know really where that started, but I just imagined, and this is going to sound crazy, I had this image in my head of like water skiing, which like, <laughs> I don't have water skied like once in my life. <laughs> and then like not being able to see because I had like my glasses I don't have my glasses or like I don't have contacts in because like water sport I love water stuff right <laughs> I was on water polo and I scuba dive so like being in a water environment and not being able to see full capacity that filled me with so much anxiety that it developed into this like fear and then it went further to like anything involving eyes so like I don't like watching people take out contacts especially if they do the pinch method <laughs> you take out your contact I'm taking myself out of the room <laughs> <laughs> um, or like people that do like the bulging eye thing or any like torture that happens to eyes. So stuff in saw whenever an eye was, or mm-hmm. like, uh, when they did the paper cuts on jackass, uh, on the eyes, what? I, I had to get the fuck out of there. I couldn't handle that. Um, yeah, wait, I'm like, wait, I'm like rubbing wait, my hands together right now because it's like, <laughs> it's like You're upsetting like me. Sweat. Yeah, it's like upsetting me. <laughs> um, wait, hold on. I know it, this is like not something you want to talk about, Yeah, but what yeah they'd like paper cut hit the webbing of his fingers and toes and i believe they did his eyelids or eyeball i can't remember uh, um oh i believe no. yeah so yeah um and my dog actually scratched my eye once and <laughs> i had to put medication on it and it was the consistency of neosporin and i had to do it six times a day the first time i tried to do it i almost passed out <laughs> So I, at work, I'd have to lay down on the ground six times a day and like rub the this like neosporin shit on my eye. If hell is real, that's what mine looks like. I'm pretty sure. And there's like no air conditioning. I'm pretty sure those are like the two things that, that are waiting for me should I go to the bad place. Oh my God. Yeah. So eye stuff is my bad thing. So you mentioned you're afraid of not being able to see in the water. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel or, or I guess... Do you suffer, at least in part, with uh, thalassophobia, which is the fear of deep bodies of water? No. No, that shit's cool. I love going and diving in the ocean, and you look down, and it's blue, and you can't see shit. I love that shit. That's a re- <laughs> it's a deep blue diving. It's a real thing. Like It's a thing that people do. Sound guy Dan has the heebie-jeebies. I think that's one of his. Oh, so because the so thalassophobia, I actually this is going to sound really nerdy, but there's this YouTube <laughs> subgroup that exists, and they make dioramas based on thalassophobia, the the fear of like whatever's lurking in the deep. Yeah, and I love watching them make it <laughs> and seeing these like grotesque giant monsters emerging from the deep and like trying to eat like the diver or like the little guy in the boat who doesn't know that it's coming up. I love watching those things be made. <laughs> so I'll watch. I'll spend like hours watching that shit on YouTube. So, <laughs> I think I'm with Sound Guy Dan on this. Yeah, really? You have so, thalassophobia? I think, and I, okay, I've never put myself in that situation. Okay. So, I don't know. I've been, I've been s- not scuba diving. I've been snorkeling before, and I had no problem. But I think that's because it's much more shallow. You can see what's around you. Mm-hmm. Um, however, being in a pool at night mm. when I can't see what's in the water, for some reason, and I, I know it's illogical because mm-hmm. I'm in a pool. I'm in the pool in my own backyard, but Jaws is in the water with me. Or I don't know if you've ever seen the movie um, uh, What Lies Beneath with Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford. No. Oh, I feel like there's like a dead body in there Ooh. and she's going to come after me and like grab me. Okay. And pull me down. So... I think a lot of people probably, I mean, I know after I watched Jaws as a kid for the first mm-hmm. time, being in the, like, the deep end of the pool at, the, in, uh, at nighttime, that was a little scary. Yeah. And actually, so you mentioned thalassophobia, submechanophobia, submechanophobia, what, the fear of underwater animatronics. That's a, that's a fear? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, See, I think that's, that'd be cool. No. So it's submechanophobia. It's like so Ultron's it's, down below. Um, 
a fear of submerged man-made things. Huh. And so, and it's kind of spooky. So you okay. think of like, okay, so you know, like the submarine ride at Disneyland? Yeah. Would you want to swim through that at night by yourself? For sure. Really? Yeah. Okay. This is, this is where you and I depart. <laughs> so I'm trying to find like a good example. Yeah, because I, I think that would be super cool to swim through, like scuba dive through. Okay, so so like swimming past the Bruce shark like that at nighttime by yourself. The little Bruce animatronic. If I know that it's fake, yeah, I'd probably touch it. You're telling shit. me that you'd, you'd, you're not perturbed. What the fuck is that? <laughs> so what we're looking at here is a dilapidated animatronic that was submerged in water for a long time. Okay, here's the thing. If it looks fucked up, then obviously I'm not going to like it. But if it looks normal, if it's like the cast of Nemo, like... there's To me, there's something eerie, more eerie about the mechanic mechanical thing i don't know like i don't want to swim with the jaws animatronic but i want to the universal's jaws animatronic but i want to swim with actual great white sharks me too i don't know what it is there's something about the the fake thing that just bothers me so i know that i think that's number one on both of our bucket lists actually to cage dive with Mm -hmm. great whites Mm -hmm. okay Um, so thalassophobia what else we got um we've got uh, shit my husband wrote these down, and he wrote one phonetically, but give me a second. I have to put my glasses oh, on. Oh, bless him for writing it phonetically. I know. Arachibutyophobia. Arachibutyophobia. Arachibutyophobia, yeah. <laughs> the fear of be- peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. That's a fear? Yes. It's a strange fear. Like a when, So when we say fear, this is something that would throw somebody into a, a spiral, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, you've seen the Maury episode where the lady was afraid of, like... Olives. Olives. It's the or best. <laughs> if you guys don't know what we're talking about, pause this right now and look up Olive Lady We can Maury. try to find uh, the YouTube. Oh, we could link it, it in the show notes. Yeah, we can try to link it in It'll the show notes. It'll brighten your guys. day. I mean, I feel really bad for that lady, but it will brighten your day. Well, there was another one that was afraid of... Cotton balls, I think. Oh, really? And they sent out a cotton ball man, too. <laughs> yeah, my husband just heard us talking about the uh, the sharks, mechanical sharks underwater, and he sent me a link to it. Oh, fabulous. See, it's not even necessarily sharks. It's just, like, creepy... They look like they... Animatronics. Yeah. Like, I, uh, I don't want to swim with the animatronics at nighttime. And I don't know what it is about nighttime because I can't see him that good. I think it's just nighttime is, is just eerie. Yeah. I would swim with them during the day and I'd be a little bit suspicious. I'd have one eye on them at all times. But nighttime, I'm not fucking with that. No way. Forget mm. it. Mm-mm. Nope. I guess m- before I get into the other weird ones, um, which we will include at least the olive lady and the cotton ball lady in the show notes, but uh, fear of closed spaces. So I don't like caves for that reason. Mm. Have you seen the people that do the, like, cave diving? Oh, yes. Is it called spelunking? Well, that's just cave exploring, I think. Oh. So, okay, there's cave exploring, which, again, I've seen the descent, so (laughs) hmm, maybe not. Um, But then there's the one where it's, like, the the really tight spaces in Mm -hmm. the caves. There's a guy that died doing it. I'm sure there's lots of people that have died. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. But there's this one story of this guy who got caught in there oh. and so it took crew quite a quite a while to get him out or to, to at least try to get him out so they they pulled him from his leg and at some point it slipped and he got wedged deeper in there oh and at that point they're like the way his body is positioned we can't get him out oh geez so they were able to get him a video so that he could oh say goodbye God. to his family but Essentially, he he died down there, and then they closed it off so that no one could get to where was his this, body is. Oh, so they couldn't even get his body out to retrieve. No, it. no, it was that's oh, it. Oh, dude, <laughs> yeah. Dan just falsettoed. Fuck <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> we <it's>, agree. Know what you're talking. Yeah, yeah. I can I can show you the the article afterwards. <laughs> but it's was this on a, was he scuba diving or was he just no cave he exploring? was just cave exploring and by it's himself. Um. I'm not sure, to mm. be honest, but it it's really sad. A lot of people, you know, you, you get stuck. Oh, Dan's trying to show. Oh, no. The, yeah, is it the diagram? See, n- oh, I yeah. look at this. These guys are literally, their heads are bit, mm-hmm. barely fitting through these small spaces. Like, looking at this photo, 
it's filling me with anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I see this and every bit of my gut and my head is Mm -hmm. saying that that's a bad idea. Yeah. So it's incredible to me that there are people that nothing in them is firing off or maybe these things are firing off and that is energizing to them and they kind of get off on that. Because I know when you are afraid of things, you do get a dopamine release. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And we can get to that uh, in a bit actually and talk about like. Oh, how, like the fun how, side. Yeah, the fun side of fear. Yeah. Because there is a fun side for it. There is, for sure. yeah. <clears throat> um, there is uh, nomophobia. The nomophobia. Fear, yeah, nomophobia, uh, which is fear of being without your mobile phone. Which that's I think, a thing? Yeah. And I think that's also part of FOMO because you're afraid of losing out. Um, nomophobia. Nomophobia, yeah. Fear of being without your mobile phone. Um, arithmophobia, fear of numbers, association with doing math. Ugh. Me, most of my life. <laughs> um, Plutophia, fear of money, uh, fear of wealthy people or becoming wealthy. Plutophophobia? So you, I must uh, be plutophophobic. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> you may also sabotage your career to avoid making mo- more money. Who? Who even? I, I mean, again, phobias are not rational. I know, so I know, but like, like, that just makes me so interested. Like, where would that stem from? money is one of the most driving forces in the world so what would make somebody afraid of that that's crazy um xanthophobia fear of the color yellow Hmm. yeah i love yellow it's one of my favorite colors yeah Hmm. um ablutophia fear of bathing which oh no if you have that fear please stay away from me (laughs) um octophobia fear of the number eight like the actual number eight being written down. Here's a question. Are they afraid of it because of that whole phobia? I don't think, I think that's different, but there is, I don't know what the name of the whole phobia is, but the one that where you're afraid of small, hole, like hundreds of small holes in a space. Trypophobia. Trypophobia. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. I think for people like that, it might like, so honeycombs would make you very uneasy. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was younger watching, seeing a, this disturbing image of someone posted an image in an email thread or something that was like, here's what would happen to, yep, if, if a spider uh, embedded eggs in you and that... All this these little dots created. Right tingle. Yeah, it's look at <laughs> these photos. Don't look it up. It's not for the. It's, it's mostly because I want to squeeze out the things that I'm seeing in it. Like, don't, don't you just want to squeeze that out? No, oh. I don't want that to happen. No, <laughs> I. I mean, it's just gross. It's unsettling, but it, I'm not afraid of it. No, no, I'm not. Ugh. I'm just grossed out Ew. by it. Um, globophobia, fear of balloons. Oh, that's a good one. <sighs> God damn it! Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let's I'm gonna have to, to okay. go slow. Hippopotamonstrosequipedophobia, <laughs> fear of long words. Is that Th- really what that is? It is. Hold on, hold on, hold what on. What kind of sick fuck did that? This <laughs> fucking word is. So nobody one, can two, ever say what they're afraid of if they have that. <laughs> 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36 letters long. That is, f- that is ironic and cruel. <laughs> Whoever came up with that word, why not just call it like wordophobia or like call it something really short yeah they picked the longest word to describe the fear of long words i mean it took me 45 minutes to just pronounce it that's what it felt like (laughs) it certainly felt like 45 minutes approximately (laughs) um and then people with rabies or animals with rabies uh fear water hydrophobia if you have rabies you're afraid of water yeah and it's thought to happen because the rabies virus lives in saliva so you're reducing the amount of saliva in your mouth by drinking water. Huh. There's actually a video. I can show it to you. Um, of someone with rabies? Yeah, that's he's unable to drink the water. Like, he has it and his like body won't let him? Yeah, his body won't let him. Ooh, it's, weird. it's super sad, but it, it's super kind of interesting as well to, to see. Right, but like, why is this guy you? in the hospital? Why is he, he is. Just, oh, he is. okay. He is. I thought he was just No, no, his, no. no. He's kitchen. for sure in the hospital, yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'm not actually sure what happened with him but i know <laughs> rabies is pretty fatal i mean it's treatable but it, it most of the time 
Yeah, not another at that point. No. reason to be weary of raccoons. <laughs> That's true. So my response was not irrational. Initially, I, yes, it got irrational not. very quickly. It did, but there was a very brief time where things were serving their purpose. That's that's <laughs> true. Um, so I guess on the fun side of fear, yeah. um, you and I are horror uh, aficionados. Love it. Um, and we also like to go to haunted houses during spooky oh, yes. season, which starts after. Independence Day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that will be an entire season of episodes once that happens. But, um, Lindsay, mm -hmm. do you get flight or uh, fight when you're in a haunted house? There's a third category. <laughs> oh, is there? <laughs> <laughs> so you know how when goats get scared, they just seize up and fall down? <laughs> I happen to be C, category C. <laughs> that would be do nothing and pass out. <laughs> She's not lying. Every time we go to a haunted house, at least once, more often twice, someone will have to catch her as she just goes down because I don't even know. Like I don't know. I don't know. See, and here's the funny thing. We saw what happened when Lindsay was in an actual fear experience. The yeah. raccoons. I fucking yeah, flew. Yeah, you flew. I yeah. was out of there. Gone. I left a smoke trail behind me. But in the fun fear setting, I'm not worried that I'm going to die. So I guess my legs decide to just stop working. <laughs> it's very inconvenient for the people around me. However, <laughs> I don't. I can't explain it. I don't know what. It just, I goat. And you, I guess you are the goat. I, the greatest of all time, baby. <laughs> 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 Fucking right. <laughs> See, I just like, I, I scream. I'm a, I'm a screamer. Mm. Uh, Dan, the sound guy, ran into a wall once because he was in front of me. And mm -hmm. some guy, he was laughing at me because I had just gotten scared. Mm -hmm. So his walls were down. And then ah. something popped out, and I see him just fly to the wall. <laughs> so we see, we all have a different fear response in the we same do. setting. Yeah. You two knock yourselves out. Yeah. And I just scream. Yeah. This is so true. So really, I might survive a situation. Well, no, because this is fun fear. And so what's the difference between fun fear and real fear? We, I, well, well, I mean, yeah, I, I we guess. We know that it's a faux setting. It, and we do. so we can get the rush of that dopamine that's released during a fear response while being cognizant that we're safe. And so we get to enjoy that dopamine rush so without any attachment. You're for sure taking off, though. I don't In know. In a real setting? Yeah. For sure. I, I want to, I would love to say that, like, oh, I'm a fighter. I'm just going to fight this shit. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I'm not. I I am. I'm good at fighting with my words. I might try to reason, but if in probably almost any situation I can think of, I'm not going to be the physical specimen that's going to come out on top. So See, I'm out of here. It's interesting that you say that because I have to fight because I can't outrun anyone. You can if you're scared. No, I just I, I just swear. explained to you that you can. You've never been scared enough, Speeda. I guess not. I guess not. <laughs> I'm telling you, it works. I'm a, I'm slow as shit. And that day, I was so fucking quick. I was a bolt of lightning. Um, I guess some other things are roller coasters. What are your thoughts on roller coasters? I live for them. I love them. Have you ever met a roller coaster that you were too afraid to? No. No. Well, because, I mean, talk about fears. What did you do um, with some of our friends, actually? Well, I don't know. What did I do? I Threw yourself out of a fucking plane. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, totally. Yes, I go. went yeah. skydiving <laughs> for, for sure. And so skydiving is like the perfect example of risk analysis. Yeah, because you're so nonchalant. You didn't even think to. No, I was I was down because I knew it was safe. And like to me, you know, someone's strapped to your back. It's like, well, if this guy's willing to go out the fucking thing, he's strapped to me. He's not going to let us die. Which it's so wild to think that you're willing to put your life in this guy's hands. You don't know him. No. I didn't know Mike, my skydive guy. I didn't know him. Um, what, what, the only thing that made me a little uneasy, though, is they had us paired up and we're like strapped. And then the instructor was looking at everybody and he's like, mm -mm, you guys switch. And he switched me with someone else. I forget who I switched with. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why did we switch? And I think it had something to do with the weights. 
And then I'm like, oh. whoa, whoa, wait, wait, why? Would, was I too big for the other guy? Whoa. And that, that was the only time I had this moment <laughs> of like, uh, geez. And that, you know, that kind of started to bring up the things like, is this out? Of, this really is out of my control. Am I okay mm-hmm. with that or whatever? Um, I know that one of the people that we went with had gone before. So it was a familiar task mm-hmm. to him. Um, and he <clears throat> wanted to do it shirtless and wanted to do a gainer out the window and like, I think I know exactly. I know who you know who I'm talking about. about, but like he was all in. And um, one of our other friends, he was filled with a little trepidation. He kind of scooted out <laughs> real slow. So I mean, everybody was kind of in a different headspace about it. But at the end of it, because that is that is like the ultimate death-defying yeah, experience. All that adrenaline, man. Yeah, you get so much adrenaline and so much dopamine. The the amount of feel good chemicals that are running through mm-hmm. your body when that's happening. It's insane. I get why there are adrenaline junkies. I, it makes complete sense to me now after doing that, because the rest of the day was literally the embodiment of that, that fucking Lego people song. Everything is awesome <laughs> because everything colors were brighter. Food tasted better. Everybody was cooler. Like just the sky was bluer. The gas was gassier i don't know <laughs> i don't know gas Every- wasn't as expensive yeah everything was better that day for the rest of the day everything was super cool and it's because all of that those chemicals were just still flowing in your system and you hear that kids don't do drugs just jump out of a plane seriously do it <laughs> fucking do it i'm telling you you'll or just any death defying activity safely, of course, bungee jumping or mm-hmm. roller coasters or haunted houses. I mean, yeah. like you get you get that rush and you get all these really fun feelings. You get the, all the benefits of fear without actually having to yeah. be in a st- stabbing situation <laughs> or whatever. So I guess what is the line, though, that you cross when it comes to fun fear? Mm-hmm. Like, you won't cross, actually. That For I me, won't cross. That you won't cross. For me, it's games that supposedly draw in demons. Oh, no, yeah, I won't do that. No. Like, Ouija boards? Fuck that shit. Don't bring that into my house. Mm-hmm. We won't talk about it. I'm not lighting candles and, like, asking demons to come in. I'm not trying to play games with anything. Like, Mm-mm. some people do that. Like, for fun, that is not my cup of tea. No, yeah. See, I, I can't do that. I mean, as I kind of look at the the uh, risk analysis chart here, there's too many <laughs> things that I consider where I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Personal control, I can't control no demons. Forget that. I don't understand <laughs> it. There's a lot of dread. I don't trust the undead or the otherworldly, you know. So there's been bad events in the past surrounding those things. So there's too many things here where I'm like, yeah. No, no, no. That one's not for me. So the line drawn for sure. Like even if someone was like, hey, Lindsay, 10 grand. No. Nope. Let's play this. I'd be like, well, no. Nope. Forget it. A million. We'll talk about it. I don't even think. I honestly don't even think I can really? do for a million. Yeah. Wow. Because my luck, I would be the one that gets a movie made about me in 20 years because some weird That's true. shit happened to that, me. Well, and I don't even make any money off it because I'm dead. Well, so. that's the thing. I know people who have played those games. And? Yeah. They, she's got some things going on, right? She's got things that she described to me that she didn't know were an actual demon. And so what you like Googled, I Googled what she it, described and it was, and it, she had never like Googled it or no. anything. She just, she was just telling me something was scared, like in her dreams and following her. See, like, see, see, you're describing this. What's my heart right now? I got my, <laughs> my heart rate's usually pretty low. It's usually in the si- It's usually like 65. It's 81 right now. <laughs> you, and all you're doing is just talking about it. And so I'm like, whew, <laughs> you know, haunted Hot houses here. all day. Ooh, ooh. Talk about it, not a problem. Not a problem. I'll watch a spooky movie, but I'm not going to play a game like that. I'm not going to no. open a portal, invite anything in, even if it's not, right? Like, it's unknown. It's, there's too much unknown there, mm-hmm. and I can feel like I can readily recall too many vivid examples, mm-hmm. whether it be media or from the religious right that just feel too real to me, and even if statistically it's improbable... I'm not fucking with it. No. Because that's the science of fear, bitch. (laughs) That is the science of fear. Well, if you have nothing else to add, I can go into our... Do we have a mighty... I just wrote it down. Since it is the science of fear, I think you and I have to rip a Band-Aid off that we... Oh, okay. Because when you... I just thought of someone, but 
Did, yeah. Oh, did no, you? No, no, I want to know. Rip the Band-Aid. Oh. Something that you and I are afraid to tell, say oh, out loud. Geez. Oh, jeez. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is the part where everybody starts judging us I and know. they stop listening to the podcast because well, we took it too far. They've listened to it for quite a while. This person is not a Mighty Morphin Power Daddy. He's this, not? This character is a charismatic, charismatic not, not hot. hot. Yeah. 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 You want to say it? Do I want to say it? <laughs> should I say it? Yeah, you should. You're the one who announces them, okay. and I react accordingly. Listen, Michael Keaton is a good-looking man. Yeah, he is. But Michael Keaton's not the not, charismatic not on. <laughs> if you say his name three times, he will come. And so it's will you. Beetlejuice. <laughs> I'm. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not ashamed <laughs> because Beetlejuice. Can get it, but like only once. Only but one like, time, and you've got to be like drunk. Yeah, you, you can't do it sober. Like, but no. like, there is charisma there. It's, it's, what, <laughs> we've, what we've been told is that it's not actually charisma. It's is like it? just exuberant <laughs> assholiness or something. <laughs> and <laughs> I guess maybe so. Is Beetlejuice the bad boy? <laughs> <laughs> He's the bad, boy. the bad boy with moss growing out of his chin. <laughs> Only Michael Keaton can make that. I know charismatic but, though, but and yeah, nice it's fucking not model. right. And then when he like grabs his, his junk, <laughs> junk. like, mm, all right, okay. <laughs> yeah, what about, what about Beetlejuice as a sand snake? His oh, he's got a sand yeah. snake. I'm sure. No, he be- he becomes a fucking. Doesn't he doesn't. He? he gets his head shrunken. No, he gets his head shrunken, but like the, the oh, the, you mean the when he's like fucking with the deeces? yeah, when he's yeah. fucking yeah, with yeah, them, yeah. yeah. I thought you said he has a sandworm in his pants. No, he probably has he a sandworm. He probably has a sandworm. You don't have I that have kind a sexual of... picture of Beetlejuice on my phone. No, you don't. Yeah, I saved it for you. <laughs> did you really? I did. I don't <laughs> I don't know how easily <laughs> I don't know how easily I'm gonna be able to find it. So so tell people, Sapita, so they don't judge us so harshly. Why how did Beetlejuice come to be? He is fun fact, he, he is the original charismatic not hot. He is the original Well actually I guess yeah, no, Harbor. No. So Pearl Harbor, yeah. So we, but yeah. we've always talked about how Beetlejuice was was a charismatic, bangable. not hot, right? Yeah. Well, but again, we always acknowledge that it was just a one and done type thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're not gonna you're not gonna go for a repeat because honestly, he's probably pretty selfish in bed. Yeah, but I think he's one of those ones where like you got to do. You're it ashamed, once. but you're glad you did it for sure. For sure, here it is. I'm glad I. Oh, oh my go. god. <laughs> Okay. Hold on. Let me put on. Give me. Yeah! <laughs> so it's a picture of Beetlejuice with ungodly abs, and he's wrapped in a sandworm. And then he has a tattoo right above his crotch that says, Here lies Beetlejuice. <laughs> and the arrow is pointing at his dick. <laughs> and uh, tell me you don't want to put that shit on your wall. Yeah, yeah, that's going in my bathroom. <laughs> it's going on your ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, wait, I want to know who who did you think? Who did you? I was gonna mind? say. So since we're talking about fear, I mm-hmm. was gonna say Bill Skarsgård because you had mentioned you know, it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he's he's not an unattractive guy. No, he's not. He's he's not unattractive, but he he he's not. He's got a thing. He's got an edge to him. To me, he's one of those ones where you're like, you're kind of weird, but like, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, into this. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think Killian Murphy's in that too, where you're like, yeah, you're kind of scaring me, but like, in a good way. I'm into this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there, that's a whole nother no, category see, on its own. Those two are thrill. Beetlejuice is fear. Is fear. I'm having yeah. sex with Beetlejuice and I'm scared. Yeah, I'm scared. Because <laughs> I don't know what kind of diseases this guy has. Well, so. So maybe he's rock bottom, but you secretly liked it, but you can't tell anybody that you, you can't liked tell it. anyone. You yeah, can't tell anybody. But you know what? It, it's only up from there. So yeah, I still I stand by it. If anybody disagrees, well, you can email us at <laughs> two salty broads at gmail.com. Follow us at two salty broads on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what else do you say? How else do we close this, Peter? Come on. I'm Sapita. <laughs> and I'm Lindsay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And remember, stay, stay salty. salty. <laughs>